When you're forming a partnership, where do you start? And it starts with you. That's the foundation of that relationship starts with you and knowing what you are bringing to the table. What are the things that you have that the skills that you possess that the other party may not or that you're contributing in a significant way to to the enterprise to get that to work so not only the skills but what are the values that you personally have that you are bringing to the relationship well hello and welcome to the jay sterling hughes show where we share the secrets and the strategies of how we are building a successful law practice you know over the past nine years we have grown from zero attorneys to over 25 and doing over 15 million dollars in revenue and my purpose here is to document what's working and what's not working in our practice with hopes that you can take that and you can recontextualize that in your practice and shorten your success curve my name is jeff hughes in today's episodes i'm talking all about partnerships how to form them how to select partners and some cautions that along the way have been hard won hard fought lessons that i've experienced and in preparation for today's episode i was thinking back over my career and i've been involved from an ownership standpoint in 12 different businesses and some of those have been solo and some of those have been with partnerships in fact i've, I've counted up 15 different partners that I've had in those businesses. And I'm grateful that I can look back, I can call every one of those individuals, they'll pick up the phone, they'll talk to me. So they all ended well, and some of them ended in a loss, some of them ended successfully, and some of them ended in a tie or a buyout or something along those lines. And so I'll first start with one of my experiences, and I'm gonna go back to 2007, and I'm at dinner with a really close buddy of mine that had him and I had went to the same college. In fact, he was all everything at my school. We, had, we went to a small private school of about 4,000 students. And he was a student body president, great communicator. The ladies loved him and just a great dude in every sense of the word. In fact, him and I and some other folks, we went to Europe together while, in, while we were both in grad school and just had a great time, lifelong memorable experience that, that came out of that. And now here we are years later at dinner in Milwaukee and we're talking about his opportunities before him and, and I had just experienced my first level of success in business. And I had before that had some losses for sure. <laughs> so finally I was there and I was feeling bulletproof, kind of exuberant, full of confidence. And we were talking about an opportunity that he had. He was a published author in the medical world and he had been noodling on an idea of starting a, an event business for continuing medical education for physicians. And it was in a very small, narrow niche. And so he just mentioned the idea to me and we got to talking about it. And before dinner was over, we agreed to go in business together and start this event business. And so we decided we're going to own a 50-50. We named it and we decided that what we're both going to contribute to it. And my role was to contribute the financial resources and his role was to contribute the network, the, the relationships and be the primary face of it and the primary communicator. He was an excellent, excellent communicator. And so that was what we both decided to do. So away we went and we launched and it was really painful and we did not make anywhere close to breaking even it was a pretty big loss and i remember like just how raw that felt to go back to losing 
financially again. And so we had other commitments still coming up. And our, and at that point, we needed to talk about what how we were going to manage through this, what we were going to do. And I'll get to the end of the story in a moment. So that uh, partnership experience that came out of that taught me so much. So I'm going to share with you some of the things that I've learned from that, as well as the other 14 partnership relationships that I have been a part of that have ended in some degree of wins or losses or ties or, or whatever. So where do you start when you're forming a partnership? Where do you start? And it starts with you. That's the foundation of that relationship starts with you and knowing what you are bringing to the table. What are the things that you have that the skills that you possess that the other party may not or that you're contributing in a significant way to to the enterprise to get that to work so not only the skills but what are the values that you personally have that you are bringing to the relationship understanding what those are and really really in-depth clarity and and a high level of self-awareness around what are those things that you won't compromise on that you feel really passionate and very strongly about they need to be something you can articulate to see if they're going to match up with your prospective partners because many partnerships fall apart for just lack of shared values now i'm not talking about the the obvious values like integrity and trust and all those sort of things you got to have that those are those are table stakes i'm talking about the other values the life values that we all bring to all of our relationships what are your goals for the business what are your goals for your career do they line up with that particular business because if you, know, you got to know what your goals are you got to know what the end looks like what does success look like for you personally and making sure you have real good clarity in your mind around those things for yourself so you can articulate those and you can see if there's a match with that prospective partner that you're looking to connect up with so step two is selecting that partner how do you go about doing that what are what are the things that you look for and first there's the obvious right the table stakes in any relationship, and especially in a business relationship, is can you trust that individual? What is their character? Have you seen them under the crucible before? How have they responded to stress and pressure in the past? Do they recoil from that or do they embrace it, step into that, fight through it, have a high level of grit? Did they what was their response to that? If they've never shown that they've been able to push through adversity, they're likely not going to learn to do that when they're a partner with you. In fact, they're probably going to be worse at it because they're going to rely on you to do that if that's something that you've proven that you can do and that you'll do well. In selecting that partner, you got to make sure your goals are aligned, your values are aligned. And a lot of times we tend to gravitate to people to form partnerships with for those that we like and that we know well and that maybe we've had a lifelong relationship with. And in all of those circumstances, the opportunity for emotional blindness to something about their about the relationship, something not working in it, or having this high level of confirmation bias is there. So you've got to be extremely diligent about that. And the only way that I've seen that that works is to have a third-party eye on that. Going to someone who's not involved, doesn't know either one of you well, or maybe knows you well, but maybe doesn't know the other person. And they're connected to that decision-making along the way. So you you have some some sort of, of a check to reflect off your ideas around this partnership working down the road whenever, whenever the heat is on and things get hot. 
obviously they can't be someone who just mirrors you, who's just like a carbon copy of you. That is not a good foundation for a partnership because it's not going to work because you are you, right? You're bringing a certain set of skills to the table. And if other person brings the exact set of skills, why do you need that person? You really don't. So it's just a mistake to think that, well, we're doing it for uh, the fact that we just like each other. That is the worst reason to start a partnership together is just mutually liking each other because it won't be too long, much longer if you do that that you probably won't like each other. And so you'll lose that relationship and you'll probably lose the business along the way. So in that selection process, practically speaking, I think there are four big key areas, big components to be alert to and to look for when matching up two people or more to form a partnership. So one would be time. Does one person have more time to contribute than the other? So if that could be a reason to form a partnership. The other person has a lot of time, you don't, or vice versa. Another one is money. One person is the money behind it, and the other person is the time. That that certainly works, and there's lots of models out there for seeing how that works. It could be a combination of those. It could be someone's got a, this is their full-time job, or maybe it's both of the full-time job, but one's contributing more money, and so there's a different distribution of the equity. It could be something like that. Third one is resources. Is one person contributing resources the other one doesn't have access to? And that could include a network, could include physical resources like a building or back office support from another business or something along those lines. And the fourth one is expertise. And like in my case with my buddy, he was contributing expertise that I did not possess. And so it, that business needed his expertise for that to even have a chance of succeeding. So it's time, it's money, it's resources, including a network there, and it's also expertise. Those would be four components that there should be ideally uh, individual contributions to those things. It shouldn't be everyone has got exactly the same. It just doesn't work that way. So, all right, so step three is how do you structure these deals? How do you put a partnership together? Now, I think there are really three levels to this. There's the very simple, no money startup. Uh, a lot of times these are very, very small enterprises that don't have a big prospect of growing large. And so this works really well for that, the first level. And that is just doing a simple memorandum of understanding that could be a one page or two page document where you both just write out and agree to and sign at the bottom what your expectations are what are your expectations around the success or the growth of the business what are you both contributing financially and otherwise what are your um what are the realms of responsibility what will each person do and that'll probably change as the business grows and matures but all of those things around the relationship, the business, and what it needs, and how you're going to do that as best you can anticipate on the front end is really, really wise. And I've done this with quite a few of my businesses where we did not want to go out and spend a bunch of money putting something together formally for something we weren't even sure was going to be around for a long time and that we felt like we can come to later. And so that worked great in many of those circumstances. And even in the circumstances where we had a a formal partnership agreement that was drafted by a third-party lawyer, even in those circumstances, we started with that memorandum of, of, of understanding. So that's the first level. So that second level is the poor man's way, the poor man's lawyer way, where you go online, buy a form from some form place, and put together your own partnership agreement, your own LLC 
operating agreement or whatever that is, put that together on your own and without having to go to counsel. And it's not perfect. It's not going to be ironclad. It's not going to be the safest thing you can do, but it would be a little more protective than just a simple memorandum of understanding that could be fraught with like legal challenges should that particular document go to court, which is not designed for that. Let me say that again. It's not designed for that. Uh, it's, it's designed to make sure there's a meaning of the minds. But that's level two is to go and do your own operating agreement with the form. Third one is obviously the most protective and the best, but also the most expensive. And it could be out of reach for a lot of us in starting up a business. But if you can get it papered by a lawyer, formally done, uh, arm's length transaction and put that all together, that's certainly the way to go, especially if you believe that the business is going to grow to something substantial where there's you know, real money involved in, in that enterprise in the long term. So that's the structure. It's how I've gone about structuring my businesses. And that has worked really well for me, those three things there, those three levels of going through it. All right. So just a couple cautions in conclusion here. I've been mentioning this already, but don't go into business someone for emotional support. You may love them. They may be great people and just fun to hang out with, but that doesn't mean they're going to make a good business partner. If you're doing it for emotional support or encouragement, you can get that from your mom. You can get that from somewhere else, okay? Don't do that because you need that in a partner. Um, you can just start a business and like still have the relationship and get encouragement from them that way. So if it's out of insecurity that you're going to go into some business with someone, that's the wrong reason. You're probably not going to see success, quite frankly, if you go that direction. Third, second one is, second caution is dividing the pie. And that usually starts in the beginning with how you distribute the equity and those that contribute dollars. I view that as a little more important than those that just are contributing expertise and their network and their time and so forth. So if you're contributing dollars, you deserve more of the equity on the front end. That it just works out better that way. In fact, if I go back to the relationship with my friend, that not ha him not having financial skin in the game it changed his decision-making on the front end. It certainly did. And it wasn't negative. It, he didn't do anything remotely that was a breach of trust in any way, shape, or form. But it just caused him to think about the business, the business a little bit differently. And if he'd had something financially in the game, I think we would have probably seen a tiny bit different result on the front end. Maybe not. But it was certainly a learning experience where not having skin in the game just changed it. Now, what I can say, and this supports the point, is that my buddy ultimately bought me out and he paid me back everything that I put into it. He put his own capital into it. And he, at that point, took that thing to do very well with it. And it still runs today quite a few years later and doing its thing. And it's done very well under his stewardship and his, his leadership. And he has his own skin in the game and he owns it hundred percent. And that's worked out very well. It just changed the nature of how he managed the business with his own skin of the game. So it's important, I think, financially, if you're putting money in, you deserve more upfront. Third caution, who you start with is almost never who you end with. So know that regarding your best buddy that you're going into business with or your friend. You will likely not end with that person when that business winds down or is absorbed or Whatever happens with it, you probably won't be with that same person. That's just the nature of the odds. And I've very rarely seen it work out that way where you stay together that whole time. If, it, if you can, that's certainly special, but it's also very rare and unique. If you can do fourth one, if you can do a trial run, do that. If you can do a joint venture, do that first. You can test how the relationship is going to perform under pressure, how you're going to make decisions on the fly, how are you going to interact and engage with each other. So if you can try that, do that. 
If you're emotionally invested in that relationship, as I mentioned earlier, you're going to see confirmation bias. Get outside support. Reflect that from someone else. Have a mentor involved, an advisor that can help you both see through that, those connections, those relationships, get that to work. And also, um, if you can get really serious around understanding your your intrinsic motivations, those, those require multiple conversations and making sure those motivations line up. And as you anticipate the future, any life changes that you both see or can see coming in for both of you, anticipate those because those will adjust motivations along the way. So thinking those things through in the front end saves you lots of heartache and time on the back end. Maybe it prevents the relationship from even forming in a business context anyway. And that's a great thing if that never gets there because it wouldn't have worked out over the long haul if it breaks up in the early stages. So that is something that I feel strongly about. Time is your friend. If you can wait weeks, do that. In my case, I made the decision to go forward in one dinner, one night, and I should have just given it even a few more days and thought it through a little bit more carefully than I did. And I didn't do that. And, you know, it didn't work out. I was probably, uh, you know, wasn't the wisest use of my resources. I could have put that to work in a better way elsewhere, as could have my friend, I'm sure. So I hope that was helpful. Hope I added value to you sharing these experiences around partnerships as you look to form yours down the road. Thank you and have a great week.